you have your Bible or your phone or your iPad handy, go ahead and go to Luke 14. That's where we're going to be this morning, Luke 14, as we continue in this series on some parables of Jesus. We're not doing all the parables of Jesus, but we are doing a few of the parables of Jesus, and today is the parable of the feast. Uh, this, this is a parable. There are a lot of similar parables that Jesus tells about his return or about the kingdom of heaven. And this one is one that I find particularly interesting. I'll, I'll show you why here in just a moment. But here's what we have on tap this week. Here's our theology application and prayer for this week. The theology is the humble will be exalted. Um, the humble will be exalted. I, I can't, Micah and I, uh, Micah especially, has, has preached often and led worship often at a church down near, uh, down near Houston. And it's called Humble. They, they drop the H. And so whenever I am there, maybe the reason they don't have me preach very often anymore is I always drop the H from all my words whenever I'm preaching there, uh, you know, and, and so, but here I am, the humble will be exalted, the humble will be exalted, you know, we talk about Evan, that kind of thing, and being happy in the Lord, those kinds of things. Anyway, the humble will be exalted, that's our theology, our application is find your worth in God and His grace. Find your worth in God and His grace. And our prayer for today is, God, give us humble hearts that we may enjoy you fully. One of the things that I really want us to understand, and we've kind of been talking about it, at least circumventing the topic for the last few weeks, is that uh, the, the arrogant, the proud, those, those who, who believe themselves sufficient in and of themselves, those whose uh, confidence rests in themselves, will not see the kingdom of heaven. And that isn't to say that they can't become humble, that they can't become contrite, that they can't uh, become uh, repentant and come to the place where they recognize a need for Christ. But, but those who are proud of heart don't bend the knee to God. Those who, who believe themselves righteous, who believe themselves sufficient or holy of their own accord or because of their works or because of their legacy or because of their genealogy or their history or whatever, those people who believe themselves righteous will not come to Christ for righteousness. And so Luke 14, big surprise, if you've, if you've been with us the last few weeks, it's a big surprise that Jesus is talking to some Pharisees again. And so I want to I just start and give you the frame of reference here in 14, 1 and 2. And it says this, one Sabbath, when he, Jesus, went to dine at the house of the ruler of the Pharisees, so it's not even just the Pharisees, it's like one of the leaders they were watching him carefully, and behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and the Pharisees. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But here's the situation. Jesus has been invited by a Pharisee to have dinner at the Pharisee's house. And he's the ruler of the Pharisees, and there are Pharisees and Sadducees gathered there. And Jesus uh, is having dinner in their house. And these are the people who are seeking to put him to death, and these are the people who are seeking to have him arrested, and these are the people who are seeking to undermine him, and these are the people who do not believe that he is God, and these are the people who do not recognize him as Savior, and these are people who have at every turn combated uh, and been combative to the ministry of the gospel. And so here is the story that I want us to note. Pick up with me, if you would, in verse 15. Luke 14, verse 15. So he's sitting at the table, Pharisee's house, ruler of the Pharisees, crowd gathered around. When one of those who was reclining at the table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. That's the, that's the whole statement. 
Some guy sitting next to Jesus says, blessed is the one who gets to eat in the kingdom of heaven. And this is Jesus' response. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent a servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I must examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. And the master of the house became angry and said to his servants, go out quickly in the streets and in the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and yet there is still room. And then the master said to the servant, Then go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house might be filled. For I tell you, and this is the key part, listen, for I tell you that none of those who are invited will taste the banquet. None of those who are invited will taste the banquet. And so here's, here's this crowd of people who for the most part, you know, or at least split, right? There's a group of people here in this house, the Pharisees, who are against Christ. And then there are probably a group of people who have kind of warmed their way in, who um, maybe they don't belong in a Pharisee's house, but they are, they are followers of Jesus. And somebody says to Jesus, blessed are those who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. It, it was an understanding. There was a common understanding that there was the kingdom of heaven, that it was coming one day. And so there was this idea. Of course, they had an idea that it was very earthly. We can talk more about that on Wednesday night at Bible study. But they had this idea that the kingdom of heaven was going to be an earthly, tangible kingdom uh, that was going to be very much present day. It was going to be very active. And so they're like, blessed are those who get to see the kingdom of heaven and get to eat bread in it. That's the whole statement. And then Jesus corrects their view about the kingdom of heaven. This parable that he tells is really a kingdom of heaven parable. And he says there was a, there was a master who had decided to fix this great banquet. He was going to have this great feast. And he sent his servants to say, go get all the people who have been invited. Go and get them and tell them to come in. It's time for the banquet. It's time for the feast. And then one after another, they began to make excuses if you write in your Bible, if you, if you are okay with that, then what I, what I did here is I circled the word excuses because young Ryan had a lot of interpretations on this text that were way out there. And, and so we can talk about that Wednesday too. We won't waste your time right now with that. But the point of it is they're making excuses. So whether they bought land or had bought uh, new animals or they had just gotten married, the point of the matter is Blessed are those who eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells a story about the coming of the kingdom of heaven, and it says they all began to make excuses. Now, one of the things that we as Christians need to know is that the kingdom of heaven is not just, please hear me emphasize that, the kingdom of heaven is not just a future event. It is a present event, but different than we think. Jesus said to the crowds who were listening to him, he said, do not think that the kingdom of heaven uh, will be this kind of thing that you say, oh, there it is, or here it is. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is among you. The kingdom of heaven is here. So there is, there is something about the kingdom of heaven that is, that is tied to Jesus. When Jesus showed up on the earth to reveal himself as God to mankind, he said that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's in your midst. He was speaking about what he was doing, that he was showing the truth of who God was, that he was showing the grace of God, that he was showing the mercy of God, that he was showing what it looks like to be part of the people of God, that he was showing what it looked like to be part of the, the kingdom of God. 
by following Jesus, by, by being humble enough to receive Christ, by being humble enough to, to come to Jesus, this is what's happening. Jesus is saying the kingdom is here. They were looking for thrones, and they were looking for swords, and they were looking for armies, and they were looking for crowns, and Jesus was saying the kingdom of heaven is in me. Like, it's found in who I am. And that's what Jesus was saying. And so, check this. You have a guy who says, blessed are those who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven, and then Jesus, who in his entire ministry, which is about two and a half to three and a half years, his entire public ministry kept emphasizing that the kingdom of heaven was found in him. Jesus says there were people who were invited to the banquet. They were invited to partake of it. They were invited to be part of what God was doing, the master was doing, and they all began to make excuses because what's happening here is the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Israel, they didn't get it. They did not see Jesus. And so Jesus shows up and they all begin to make excuses. They begin to say things like, isn't this the carpenter's son? Or don't we know his mother Mary and his father Joseph? Don't we know his brothers and his sisters? Don't we know where this man comes from? And surely when the Messiah comes we won't know and and so there's all these things they begin to make excuses right he cast out demons and and they say no he's doing it by the power of satan or he heals somebody on the sabbath and they say no you're not supposed to work on the sabbath or his disciples are eating uh, heads of grain in a wheat field on the sabbath and they're like no you're not so they're always making excuses they're Jesus is saying, here's the banquet, here's the feast, here's the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's ripe for the taking. It's right here in front of you. Simply believe, and then the result is that the people are making excuses. And the reason that they were making excuses, the reason that the Pharisees were making excuses to not believe in Jesus, ultimately is because of their pride. Because to believe in Jesus means everything that they were doing was falling short. All the sacrifices they were doing, all the offerings they were doing, all the prayers they were offering, their phylacteries, it, it's only in the Bible a couple of times. Picture it like this. There's People had these headbands with like a box on their forehead, and they'd have little scrolls of scriptures. Like, like now, now we just have them on our phone, or um, when I was in college, people would tape them to their mirrors or on their on the the dash of their car, but the Pharisees would carry around these little phylacteries, these little headbands, and carry around these scrolls, or they'd wear really long robes to show how holy they were, and they would do all these things, and Jesus is saying that none of those things, none of those things were making them righteous, none of those things were making them holy, none of those things were bringing them into the kingdom of God, and for the Pharisees to believe in Jesus, what they first would have had to do is disbelieve in themselves, They'd have to lay aside all of their works and lay aside all of their efforts and say that it wasn't about what I was doing, but it's about who Christ is and what Christ has done. And they weren't willing to do that. And so in this parable, listen carefully, in this parable, so the servant comes back to the master and says, I've invited everybody. They're not coming. And then the master of the house became angry and he said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes in the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. So, this is significant, okay? The servant does that. He brings in, and he says there's still room. And so then the master says, go into the roads, go into the highways, go into the byways, bring in these people. But what's significant is that the people who get to come into the banquet are the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's what's significant. And it's significant for several reasons. One, the very first, the, the very first sermon-ish, whatever, that Jesus re preached, that's recorded for us anyway, 
the very first recorded sermon that Jesus ever preached, because he had been teaching around in different synagogues. And the first one that's recorded for us is in Luke 4. And in Luke 4, Jesus is in a synagogue, and he grabs the scroll of Isaiah, and he finds the place in Isaiah where it says this. And he's quoting Isaiah 61. And it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, to proclaim liberty, liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And so Jesus um, declares that the reason that he came was to heal the crippled, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, to set the prisoners free. And, and then Jesus says, as he, as he reads this scroll, this is Luke 4, as he reads this scroll, he sits down and he says, This has been fulfilled in your hearing. All of this is true. I'm the fulfillment of this text, the recovery of sight to the blind. And so the people who were invited in to the banquet, the people who were initially invited in make excuses. And so Jesus says, then go invite everybody. Go invite the lame and the crippled and the blind and the poor. Go invite those who wouldn't look like they have a part of this. Another really interesting thing is, I don't know, um, there is a big chunk. We were talking about this a little bit this past Wednesday night about Bible reading and, and how difficult it can be. And somebody made the comment Wednesday night that, man, you kind of get to Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You kind of get to Leviticus and you're like, oh, my goodness, it's so boring. And then you bail out, right? You're done. Uh, I would argue that the last half uh, or the last third of Exodus is really boring because it repeats the entire building of the tabernacle twice. It tells us how to build it twice. And, uh, and it's, you, you kind of feel like after having read it once for eight chapters that really reading it again for eight more chapters is redundant. Um, but uh, so that's coming from a guy who's been reading it for a long time. So if, if you're sitting there and you're going, man, I really struggle with reading the Bible. I get it. Okay, we can talk about that another time, but it's, yeah, it's heavy. But there's this, there's some text in Exodus and Leviticus that talk about who gets to come into the presence of the Lord and who gets to make offerings and who gets to work as a priest and all these kinds of things. And one of the things that's really interesting to note is that according to the Jewish law, if you were crippled or if you were blind or if you were lame or if you had some sort of a deformity, you weren't allowed to come into the presence of God. You weren't allowed to make an offering. You weren't allowed to be a Levite who worked uh, for the temple or the tabernacle or the things of the Lord. And so you were excluded from worship if you were lame or blind or crippled. Catch that. According to the Jewish law, you were excluded from the worship of God if you were lame or blind or crippled. Now, let's put all these pieces together, okay? In fact, let's go back. If you're in Luke 14 still, let's go back to the beginning where we left off because I want to I just highlight a couple of things, okay? Look at verse 7, 14, 7. Now, Jesus told a parable to those who were invited. This is at the Pharisee's house for lunch or dinner or whatever. Brunch, maybe. Who knows? Now, he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed that they chose the places of honor. So this is, I, I love this about Jesus. Like, Jesus, Jesus just does not mind taking shots across someone's bow. Um, I, I mean, Paul does that, like, the people who were really bold in the scripture, Isaiah does it, Jeremiah does it, Ezekiel does it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that we should just be rude to people, but I think that somewhere along the way we've, um, we've made Christianity synonymous with, like, I don't know, like nice or polite or whatever, instead of Christianity being about passionate about Jesus. 
passionate about God, right? And, and there are times that the passion that we have for God is going to rub people the wrong way. So listen to this. Jesus is watching people come in to sit down at the feast, and people were taking the places of honor. So as far as I understand it, uh, and you'll understand a little bit more from this parable here, if the host was sitting at the head of the table, the places of honor would be closest to the host on that end of the table. And then the further away you were from the host, the less important you were. And so here's what Jesus says. He sees people taking these important spots. And he says, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more important be invited. And the one who invited you both will come to you and say, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. So here's what he says. Don't take the highest place unless somebody later shows up late to the party and they're more important than you. And then the person who's throwing the party comes to you and says, um, I'm sorry, that seat was reserved for this person. Can you move a little bit lower? Like that's, that would be embarrassing, right? That's what he says. With shame, you have to move to a lower spot. He says, instead, when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. And then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. So he says, when you go in, sit at the lowest place. The only way, the only where, ah, the only thing you can move from in the lowest place is to a higher spot. Not even to the head of the table, like a seat over is moving up higher. So if you're in the lowest spot, the only way to go is up, right? And he says, do that, and then you're honored. And then listen to what he says for everyone. This is key. This is talking about the gospel. This is talking about the kingdom of heaven. This is talking about faith in Jesus. Listen, verse 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Notice that. Notice who gets exalted. It's, it's the humble. It's the meek. It's the gentle. It's why in Matthew 5 it says that, that, that uh, the gentle or the meek will inherit the kingdom of heaven or those who are... Uh, those who, who cry out for mercy, right? Like there's this, those who are poor in spirit receive the kingdom of heaven. And so this is kind of a theme throughout all of the scripture. And then notice what he says. He's continuing this conversation with his guest. And then he said to the man who had invited him. So Jesus addresses the guests who are clamoring for the highest spot. He goes, man, you shouldn't be doing that unless someone more important than you shows up and then you have to get moved to the low spot. And now he's going to address the host and he said, and when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the, the, the lame and the blind. Uh, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So listen to who Jesus says to the the master of this house, the, the chief Pharisee, listen to who he says to invite. Invite those who cannot pay you back. Not the lime, the lame, the blind, the crippled, and the poor. And then who was it in the parable we started off with? Who was it that the master, who was it that God, who was it that Jesus invited into the banquet, invited into the feast? The lame, the blind, the crippled, and the poor. Those who could not pay it back. The, the, and, and listen, the truth of the matter is, there is no human being on the planet that has been good enough that they could pay back God for what he's done. No human being. But there are human beings on the planet who believe themselves good enough that they don't need God. There are human beings in the planet who believe themselves capable enough 
to, to receive righteousness on their own. There are human beings on the planet who are arrogant enough, just arrogant enough to believe that their righteousness rests in themselves and their holiness rests in who they are and their ability to make uh, to, to be pleasing to God rests in the, the list of deeds that they've compiled. And, and I need us to comprehend. It, it has to be something that we wrestle with and that we, that we grapple with. I need us to understand that the ones who end up at the banquet are the ones who recognize that they cannot pay it back. The ones who end up at the banquet, the ones who sit down at the table with God, the ones who enter into the kingdom of heaven are the ones who, who would say, I have nothing to offer. I have, I have no, uh, in this, in the kingdom of heaven, I, I, I don't, of my own self, like, listen, okay, so my last name is Dowglish. It means green field. Um, it, that's not super romantic or anything like that. Um, it's interesting. Originally, uh, we wanted the name Asher Parker because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Spider-Man. And so I thought that'd be fun to name him Parker as in Peter Parker, but Parker means keeper of the park. So his name would have been keeper of the park Greenfield, uh, which works, but is, you know, anyway. Um, so interestingly, the name Dalglish while meaning Greenfield in Scotland is kind of used as an insult. Uh, Dalglishes were not like Ever the cool kids. It, it stands true. Hang out with me for a little while and you'll know that that's still the case. Uh, and, and so Douglas was used kind of as an insult. So people would say stuff like, man, you're such a Douglas, you know. And, uh, and, and so thank you, Pierce and Micah, in advance for the things that you're going to send me later. Um, Pierce, in an effort to keep me humble, every week when we record the video, uh, he sends me the screenshot or a screenshot. I'm sure there's like dozens of them in the video, but he sends me a screenshot of this, of a pause where my face is like really just bad. And, and some of you right are thinking, well, it's always bad. It's particularly bad. And so Pierce sends me these once a week just to, to keep me humble. And, and I promise you that I will hear something later from my wife and from Micah about the lime coming into the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, and so the point being, right, the point being that the humble are the ones who are exalted, that don't, don't elevate yourself to the position of the table where you don't belong. Put yourself in a low spot so you can be brought high. If you're the one hosting the party, and, and please don't take this to mean like what you're going to be doing next Friday night. Like that, this is kingdom of heaven language. This isn't birthday party at the water park, okay? And, and, and so... So in terms of the kingdom of heaven, what is Jesus trying to say to these, these Pharisees? Basically, you're exalting yourself. You're, you are inviting those who can scratch your back, right? Scratch, tit for tat. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. So, and then in response to that, in response to those who are elevating themselves to the highest place, in response to those who are only inviting people into their house who can then praise them and give them accolade. Jesus' response is, but the master of the banquet, the master of the kingdom of heaven said, bring in the poor, the lame, the crippled, and the blind. Bring in those who cannot pay it back. That, that's who we are. If you are part of the redeemed, if you are part of the righteous, if you are part of the church, if you have put your faith in Jesus, then we are those who cannot pay it back. 
We are those who have been brought in, not on our own merit, but on the favor of the, the master of the house, by the mercy of the master of the house. We are those, Jesus says, I came for the lame, the blind, the crippled, the poor. We are those. We are the ones, right? And so, so if the theology is the humble will be exalted, right? then we need to be humble. And not only that, here's the application. Find your worth in God and his grace. The Pharisees did not find their worth in God. The Pharisees found their worth in self. The Pharisees found their worth in praise and accolade and, and having lavish banquets where people would pay them back with lavish banquets and, and kind of going along in the upper echelon of society. We are not those. Listen, find your worth in God and his grace. Find your value claim it, like take it and say, I am the lame, the blind, the crippled, and the poor. I am one who is low. I am one who cannot pay back God for his mercy and his kindness. And then instead of that being like, I, I, I think that if we took that mindset, right, that I am the low, I am the poor, I am the blind and the, and the crippled, I'm the lame. If we take that mindset that we can't pay back God, I think there are two kind of natural places we can land. And I, I want to filter us into one spot if I can. But I think one of the ways that we could go, which I think is the wrong way, is that we could kind of be constantly self-condemned. Man, I'm, I'm lame and crippled and blind and poor and naked and uh, all these things, right? We could be that or we could recognize like, so we could, we could be, man, I can't ever pay God back. Or we could be the ones who say, God isn't asking me to pay him back. God in his mercy extended his love and his kindness and his grace towards me, a sinner, towards someone who couldn't earn it, just towards someone who couldn't win it, to, towards somebody who, who couldn't do enough to earn God's blessing. God in his mercy lavished blessing on me. It can, be, it can be something where we rejoice in God. See, the Pharisees rejoiced in self. My rejoicing is in God because I think rightly of God and I think rightly of self. The Pharisees placed themselves above Jesus. There's no doubt that at this feast, Jesus was not set at the highest place. There's no doubt about it. They didn't believe him to be high. They believed him to be low. They believed him to be, listen, they believed him to be a man who was demon-possessed, who was leading people into the ways of untruth. That's what they believed about him. They're not honoring him. They're mocking him. They're ridiculing him. They're constantly looking for opportunities to have him arrested. They're constantly looking for opportunities to have him put to death. This is not new. This is what they've been doing since the first public sermon he preached. They've been seeking to bring him to an end because, listen, because their self-view was so high that when Jesus came in, for, for them to believe Jesus it meant that the Pharisees had to have a lower view of self. And they couldn't stand that. Hear, hear me say this. For us to believe in Jesus, right? It's the, it's the humble that are exalted. For us to believe in Jesus, we have to have a lower view of self. The application, right, is, is find our worth in God and his grace don't don't walk through life moping and sad and depressed. I'm a sinner. Woe is me. Uh, I, I'm so pathetic. I'd never be able to pay God back. God has no expectation that you and I would ever pay him back. 
God has lavished his riches on us, his mercy on us. We have been invited to sit at the table. We have been invited to delight in the banquet of God. We naked and lame. I keep saying naked and you're going, Ryan, that's not in the text. It's in another text, parallel text. Sorry, I'll quit using that for now. I'll go back to lime, okay? And so, and so Jesus is saying, I came for the lame. I came for the blind. I came for the poor. I came for the crippled. And instead of that being a badge of dishonor on us, let it be something that we rejoice in that I, Ryan, who could never uh, rise to the level of Christ, have been invited to sit at the table with Christ because of God's mercy towards me. That my worth, my value, the richness of my person, the richness of who I am is because of who God is and what he has lavished upon me. That God in his mercy and in his kindness has brought me to the table. And, and when you read this, that those who are, none of those who are invited shall taste my banquet, this is Jesus firing another shot across the bow of these Pharisees because the Pharisees, being people of the Jewish law, being people of tradition, they're offended. They're not hanging out with the lame or the blind or the crippled or the poor. They're offended by those people, and they are offended that, that Jesus would imply, not even imply, directly say, these are the people you need to have at your table. They're, they're offended by that, and, and they're ticked off by it. And then Jesus is saying to them at the end of the parable, he goes, for I tell you, none of those men who are invited will taste the banquet. If you can remember back a few weeks ago uh, to the parable of the landowners, the landowners were these religious Jews who weren't doing what they were supposed to do with the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says that at the end, it'll, the kingdom of heaven will be taken away from them and given to someone else. Jesus, in no uncertain terms, is looking these Pharisees in the, in the face and saying, you have no place in the kingdom of heaven. Like he's not he's not pulling any punches. Remember how this how this particular section started? Somebody just said, "Blessed are those who get to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven." So, uh, I have some thoughts on that. It's my Ryan version of the Bible, and my it's a play in my head. We can talk about that maybe Wednesday night. But I, I have a theory as to why this guy says, "Blessed are those who get to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven," and then Jesus goes, "You know what? None of you who are invited get to be there." Like it. This is how it starts. Blessed are those who get to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus ends it with, and none of you will be there. Like, this is sharp and pointed. Who gets to be there? Who gets to be there? Not, not the arrogant. Not those who have something to offer, culturally speaking. Not those who are the religious elite. Who gets to be there? Those who are poor in spirit. Those who recognize that they have a need for the Savior. Those who recognize that there is a dearth of righteousness in their own heart. And a plethora, just an overflowing, just an abundance of sinfulness. Those are the ones who get to come to the feet of Jesus. Those who are, are, are desperate. Those who are in need. Those who would say, I, I can't save myself. I can do no good. I am not righteous. I am not holy. I need a Savior. Those are the ones who, who get to to sit at the banquet table with the master. Man, better, better we find our worth in God and his grace than find our worth in self and at the end find we have no place at the table. Listen to me carefully. If you're, if you're listening to this and you have never put your faith in Jesus because you are relying on self, be humble enough to cast aside your pride because that's where you'll find the seat at the table. 
in, in faith in Jesus, you and I need Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our king. There isn't anything in us that can earn it. There isn't anything in us that can deserve it. It is by God's merit, God's grace, and God's mercy. So all of our worth, all of our value rest in him. That's where our, our identity rests. That's one of the things that Micah talks about frequently, if you'll listen carefully, that our identity has to be in Jesus. And so here Jesus is, not long before he's going to be arrested, not long before he's going to be crucified, invited by one of the enemies to sit at the table and dine with him, and Jesus fires several shots. Hey, you shouldn't exalt yourself. Hey, invite those who can't pay you back. Hey, None of you are going to taste the kingdom of heaven anyway. But the poor and the lame and the crippled and the blind, those who you believe, the Pharisees, who the Pharisees believed had no place in the kingdom. And they're in the kingdom not because they were lame or blind or crippled. They were in the kingdom because of the mercy of the master of the house. You and I, if you're a Christian today, having put faith in Jesus, you and I sit at the table. We have a seat at the table because of the mercy of God. That's incredible. There's a lot of worth in that. There's a lot of value in that. Let that be your identity. Let that be your self-worth. Let that be your joy. Let that be uh, the thing that causes your heart to swell. Let that be the thing that you take, that you boast in, right? Rather than boasting in self, boast in God. Let that be our boast. And then our prayer today is this. God, give us humble hearts that we might enjoy you fully. The reason that I phrase it that way is because if you're not a believer today, if you've never put faith in Jesus, then you need a humble heart to come to the cross, to come to Jesus. And if you are already in Christ, um, it is easy, and maybe not, maybe not for you. It is easy for me, 45 years old, having been in church my whole life, it is easy for me to rest on my own laurels, to rest on my own kind of resume. And I have to remember that even today, I need to remain humble so that I can enjoy God fully. That even today, having put faith in Jesus years ago, even today, it's still not about what Ryan can do. Even today, it's still not about boasting in who I am. Even today, it's still not about boasting in what I can accomplish. Even today, I am just a formerly blind, formerly lame, formerly crippled, formerly poor guy who's been invited to the table by the gracious master the gracious God we serve through faith in his son, even today. And so that's our prayer. God, give us humble hearts that we might enjoy you fully. And so if you would, just right where you are in your home, there's a few of you worshiping with us today. We're glad to have you in your home, with your friends, with your family on vacation, on this holiday weekend, wherever you are right now. Would you just take a moment? And would you just spend some time in prayer and just say, God, give us humble hearts that we may enjoy you fully.
Lord God, we humble ourselves before you. We recognize that apart from you, there is nothing good in us. Apart from you, we are not righteous. Apart from you, we cannot even seek your face. We recognize, God, that we who once were low have been exalted. That, God, we who once were crippled have been made to walk in your truth. We who once were blind to the truth of Jesus have been made to see. Our eyes have been opened to the light. We thank you, God, that, that we are who we are because of your grace and your mercy and your kindness and your compassion and not because of our own efforts. Because what that means, Lord, is that even today and tomorrow and for as long as we draw breath, it won't be about our efforts. It will be about your grace and your mercy. God, we pray that you would keep us humble, that we might enjoy you more fully and more richly. And God, we pray for our friends and our family who, whose proud hearts have kept them from coming to you. We pray, God, that they would find themselves destitute. That they would find themselves low. That they would find themselves poor. So that then they would find themselves desperate for you. And that by your grace and your mercy through the work of your Holy Spirit, that they would come to faith. That they would exalt the name of Jesus. That they would find their worth in you. And so, God, join us at the banqueting table. Lord, we love you. We love you. You are high and holy and exalted. And we are exalted only because of your mercy. It's in your name we pray for your praise and for your glory. Amen.